Word. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to pick up where we left off on Sunday and uh, minister on more than you can ask or think. And the point here, the emphasis here, and always is, is to get out of the box. There's a box in everything that you belong to. There's a box. And if you stay in the box, it's also called a rut. It'll, it'll just keep you there and it'll never change because people don't like to change. But they also like some excitement. They just don't want to do it themselves. So we're going we're gonna to talk about what the Word says about getting out of the box. It says in verse 19 of chapter 3, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Why? Why should we know the love of Christ? That ye might be filled with the fullness of God. So it's a lifetime study. It's a lifetime endeavor. It's something we meditate all the time. God loves me right now. You got you to know that. If you will fail at your Christian walk if you cannot say with a conviction, God loves me right now. Otherwise, you'll always be condemned. You'll always be on the short side of God and you won't ask him for anything. Or if you do, you won't believe you receive it if it's delayed or anything like that. So God loves me right now. And then, then verse 20 says, so uh, having said that, Paul said, now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Let's, let's just qualify able. God's doing everything that he can. He's able. It's not like, well, I'm choosing. No, he's, he's in. Unless we keep him from it, he is able and he's willing. He's willing, willing, willing. So, everybody's trying to give God an out. Say, well, maybe he's not willing, even though he's able. Well, he's willing. Now him, to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in, in us, unto him be glory in the church. So the reason we're looking at this is because there's so many superlatives here that are extreme. These are extreme words. All sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work. That's 2 Corinthians uh, 9.8. Those are superlatives. Those are extreme words. Those are all encompassing words. Let me read it again. Who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. And then he goes and says, according to this little script or according to your traditions. He said, no, the, the, the superlative there is all that you can ask or think or imagine or meditate. It's, if you look in the Greek, it's all those things. It's so extreme that it becomes unbelievable. You cannot get your head around this. We, you cannot look at this scripture and say, oh yeah, I got that. It is a faith endeavor. It can't come through the senses. It can't come. You cannot figure this out. You cannot wrap your head around it. So it is definitely a faith scripture. So you have to meditate it. You have to get it in. You have to know some other things, including chapter 3 that talks about how much God loves us. Then you can understand and you can wrap your faith around, well, if God loves me that much unconditionally, then he would do everything that a father would do for a child. He would do exceeding abundantly above. He'd go. And then we understand it because that's what we would do for our children. We, we would stretch out. We would put ourselves in front of them so that they would live or, or sacrifice. So we, we understand that in that context. But if you just get him up there and say, well, God's God and he'll do the best he can. That's not the context there at all. So I wrote down increase is more than what is added to your life. That is one aspect of increase is what did you add? What did you multiply? What did you give? 
But increase is also taking away the limitations. And so Sunday we talked about uh, if stuff's going out the back door as fast as it's coming in the front door, then you don't have increase, do you? you you got to have something that holds the increase. So increase is also uh, when you limit what the devil or what the world or what the curse or what the sin or what our, what condemnation would do. You take away the limitations and then you start accumulating. You start growing. You start having uh, authority and power because you start winning at everything that you do. So increase is the kingdom exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or imagine according to the power that works in you. Then you go study the power that works in you and you just you go, well, I'm filled with the fullness of God and and uh, he's come that we might have life. What kind of life? Life as God lives it. And you realize any limit or anything that's in our life that's not full tilt, it's us because God's all in. Would you all say from this God's all in? He, he, he left himself no quarter to squeeze out. So last week we looked at what billionaires make or what a billion is and all that sort of stuff. It's a vast amount of money. Uh, the only reason it would not be vast is because now our government is spending it in such large hunks and accumulating such debt that we've got used to the terms. You, we shouldn't know what a billion is, but we do because they're throwing it around. And uh, so we know some things. But I was very intrigued by this, and so I went to the Internet and I looked up some things about wealthy people because they have a different uh, perspective about exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think. They're going to have a different starting point of asking or thinking to go above that than someone that's poor, someone that doesn't have a job, someone that, that lives week to week and mouth to mouth that's going to be a different perspective. And the Lord wants us to not just have more than we have that we're barely above the poverty line or that we're middle class. He's talking about changing the baseline so that we can have a new place to launch from there. So good enough is good enough is what most people. It's like it's good enough and you could have considerably less than you are right now and be unhappy but if you'd never had considerably more than considerably less than you had, you might be happy. You, you might be happy to have uh, uh, to, to have the, the, a bicycle. Prosperity in, in India might be a bicycle. You, so you can't say uh, prosperity is this kind of car or that kind of uh, clothing. You just have to say it's a bicycle in India. So I looked up the wealthiest man in the world. And I said, I wonder what he makes, because if we're going to stretch, let's go to what's already in the earth. Let's let's not limit ourselves to what we would be accustomed to or what we would go. That's a lot of money. Let's go out there and really see what's even possible, because if it's in the earth, it's possible. If it's in the earth, it's possible. And we're not even saying Elon Musk is, is spiritual. I don't know what he is, but we don't know. But he makes. (laughs) <laughs> it took my breath. He makes $333 million a day. And uh, the first quarter of 2022, that'd be this year's. And so they broke it down. What does he make per hour? So they, they took him and said there's uh, 69 working days 
in the first quarter, so no weekends, and that he, say that he worked from 9.30 to 4. So that wouldn't even be all that many hours, but if you just took that, uh, then $333.3 million a day works out to 51 uh, $51.3 million, listen, listen, an hour. And this is day in and day out. This isn't like, oh, that was the day it all fell in and we all, but then we, the next day, you know, wasn't payday. This is an average of what he makes, what he accumulates is $51.3 an hour. Or, if you just want to get extremo, $855,000 a minute. Now, would that be exceeding abundantly above what you and I could ask or think? I mean, that's just extreme. That's just, it's nobody, no group. It takes quite a few, a big group of people that says we make that in a month or in a year or in a long period of time. It's just bizarre how far out this is that one human being could actually say that, uh, have that. So, uh, but here's the, uh, just a side note, he has declared he will never own a house again. He sold his million dollar houses and he rents from uh, his, uh, I guess Tesla owns it. Yeah, Tesla owns it. He rents a $50,000 house from Tesla Corporation and that's where he lives. He makes $855,000 a minute, but he lives in a $50,000. He rents from that. Wow. So, so I said, that's, that's pretty wild, but maybe, maybe he's some sort of extreme thing, and, and that is. So I went and looked at the top 10 richest Americas, Americans in 2020, 2020 to 2021, so one year, a little over a year. And uh, the 10, top 10 billionaires added 731 billion between the 10 of them. So that would be $73 billion average per billionaire for one year, which works out, uh, this is funny, to $1,260 per second per billionaire. $1,200 a second. And there was 10 of them, so they, what, that'd be uh, $120,000 per second for all 10 of them together. So right there, you can see this, this is just blowing everything up. And we can't go there. In a, even what's natural, even what a human being has reached, if we didn't know this, we, and I just threw these figures out and said, well, what about this? You'd go, nobody can do that. That's too far over. That's too far out. Would you all agree with me? That we can't get our we can't get our head around seven hundred uh, uh, seventy three billion dollars increase. So the question is, and this is the whole point of what I'm doing this for, is what do these people think about? Because it's exceeding abundantly above what you think about. So what do people that make this much money? think about. They sure don't think about spending it on themselves. Let me get that again here. Uh, 
$855,000 a minute. You, you, you can't, you can buy a whole country. You, you, can, you can buy anything. You can buy anything. And if, if you don't have enough to buy it today, you just put tomorrow. You said, can you wait till tomorrow and I'll have enough to buy Afghanistan or Latinia or whatever, whatever these are. So these people, well, I mean, we want to get out there because it's not like we're trying to promote billionaires here. We're not. That's not the point. That's not where we're going. We're just going to a place where we say we can't even fathom what these people are doing. They can't either. It's just locked up in a in a stock or a, a, a net worth or something. How, how do people like that store their wealth? Well, they just own a lot of stock, I suppose, and a lot of gold or whatever. But even then, at that much rate. So what do they think about? Because whatever, however they think, the way they think, the way they think, it's on an extreme level. I could think that way and go from where I am and go exceeding abundantly above the way whatever I think or imagine. So what we have, you go, well, these are secular people. But many times the secular taps into kingdom principles without even knowing it. And they start operating in the kingdom of heaven principles without knowing the one. So it eventually bites them in some way. But there's a lot of spirit filled people that are bit, too. So we got to ask, why? What do these people think about? Well, they must think about money. Because that's what they have. But when you have that much money, you have everything else. We're measuring their money. We're saying, look at this money, because we, we know how to measure that. But we just couldn't list all that they have that's otherwise. But remember, all these wealthy people, they, just, they have to sleep a certain amount of hours. They have to eat somewhat healthy. They have to do everything we have to do. And their money is superfluous. It's, it's, uh, it's not an issue in their life. Now they're just doing it as a matter of they're in the system, and it's just what they do. It's like you want a garden, or you want to have a bird bath, I mean a, 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 a bird house, and you want to watch the birds. It's just what you want to do, and that's what they want to do now that they're in that system. But they all started out with not much. Anybody that had something, it was inherited, and they didn't actually work for it unless they did. So what do these people think about? Well, you think, well, they think the way they think because they're rich, and being rich is a certain way of thinking. If you're rich, you think this way and you get richer. But that's not true at all. Uh, they work the principles of the kingdom in money like we could work them in any area. It just is they're in the money realm. So what do they do? Well, they, they deal, how they got rich is they deal not with money, but they deal with limitations that keep money from coming to anybody. Ask or think or imagine or meditate. The scripture tells us how this is working, but it's hidden. And we have to, uh, we have to operate it. 
In other words, that thing that, that I always talk about that I saw in that restaurant, saw it in Winchell's here in Tuscaloosa the one time, that little card that was on the board, it says they have a problem for every solution. That is so profound. That is so insightful. That is so wise that they have a problem for every solution. That is the key to having increase in your life is to figure out why it can't be done and never consider it to be a problem. It's just like, well, we just have to navigate. If you're going down a river in a canoe and there's a huge Mongo rock in the middle, you tell Skeeter in the back, let's not run over that rock. And Skeeter steers and you go around the rock. Well, that's what these people do. They just go around the rock and the, and the impediment. And that's what Christians basically have failed to do. We just deal with the problem. We just, we just, it comes into our life and we just mash on it and, and, and wor- waller with it and, and put up with it and cry about it and complain about it and whine about it. And, uh, and it, just, it just sucks us dry. Yes. We finally get loose of it. And it makes us where we don't want to ever tangle with anything like that again because the experience was so rigorous and so consuming. So we, we take that problem or that challenge and we avoid that. Well, if you avoid that, then you can't get to what's affluent or superfluous or, or big or, or your future because you're afraid of the, of, the, of the challenge that it was to get around that. But bless God, now you've conquered it. You've whipped it. You've figured it out. You have unraveled it. You've unwound it. You know how that works. Let's go find us another one because there's something good on the other side of that. So they're not different people, but they think different. And we, as the body of Christ, should be as smart as they are. Harmless, what does it say? Wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And the Lord Jesus said uh, the, the, the people of this generation are wiser than the children of light. And it's because we just try to over-spiritualize a lot of stuff. So they've dealt with limitations in order to get past the limitation. Most Christians just deal, and, and the world just deal with limitations to survive. Man, if I just get this out of my life, I will never go here again. I'll never touch that. I will. We will steer around this. And so they go off into some easy place where there's no increase. There's no multiplying, no exponential. Uh, in verse 20, this verse 20 in, in the Amplified, it says, Now to him who, here it is, by increase, by consequence of the action of his power that is work at work within us. Let me say that. It's kind of amplified. Now to him who by consequence of the action of his power, the consequence of the action of his power that is in work at work within us. So that defies the, the theory that God's got favorites and he's just, he just did for them because of their gender or their race or their whatever that he liked. And for this one, he didn't. And it's just not that way at all. It's a very level playing board. And it says here, it's inside of you and me. So if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, you go to the back of the line. 
Because we, you, you will never, this will wipe you out. You just go back to the bread line. You go back and get your, you know, your, your, your survival gear. Because there's nothing out here for you. We got to know who we are in Christ. Not only are we the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And if you, if you explore that word, that scripture, you go, nothing's too difficult for me. It doesn't matter if I'm good in math or good with uh, people or have a person. It doesn't matter. Everything is open to me because I'm a child of God. He's the chief realtor, the chief financier, the chief uh, uh, landowner. He knows everything about everything. And he says, listen, if you'll just come up with me, be my son, I'll tell you everything. Well, God, you know everything. He said, I'll tell you everything that I know. And there won't be anything that's too hard for you. So everybody has a problem for every solution. And when we get where we don't see the problems, we are focused on the solution, then the problem will lose its power over us. You just you talk to people and they're just so intimidated by life. I, on my little, uh, my little phone, uh, I don't know what app it is, but somebody's always butting into the thing like, heard three gunshots, thought, heard three fireworks, heard this and that. Anybody know? Is there somebody breaking in? I mean, it's just a ton, constant chatter about what if and we better, huh? it's just like, that's not me and that's not you. Now to him who by consequence of the action of his power that is in work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. They don't know what to do with this word in the Greek. So they just they put exceeding abundantly above all super abundantly for over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely. There's another one of the words infinitely uh, beyond our highest prayers, our desires, thoughts, hopes or dreams. I, the Lord's trying to tell you and me, I got this. Just trust me. Just, just don't pay attention to the challenges. That's what wipes out the world, and they can't get to it because I've saved it for you. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Well, what's that all about? Well, they, they're accumulating it because they are, they are scared out of their minds. They're so fearful. They're accumulating it. But our prosperity is not based on accumulation. Our prosperity, although you could have some, is it's like uh, Mercedes used to do uh, on demand. What, what do you call that, Lisa, when just in time? That's what it was, I think, where instead of putting all these steering wheels in a, in a big room and, and uh, having them come in at 10,000 a time, they had them come in 150 a day every day, and they, they were there just in time. That's the way... Our finances, our prosperity is. We don't necessarily have an accumulation, but, but there's nothing wrong with that unless you trust in it. If you trust in it, well, you're, you're, you're cooked. But we just, on demand, he gives us our daily bread. Daily bread. Well, what's that? It's whatever you need every day. It's there. You go, well, I'd, I'd hate to trust that system. That's because you think there's a rock in the river and, and you, you don't want to go down the river anymore because there might be a rock in the river. And so you have to get it where there's plenty more where that came from. 
there's a supply for me. Everything that God's put for me to do, he's he's put it on the trail that I'm walking in. There's provision for everything he has called me to do. He supplies for me to do his will. We got to get this off of, of, of this is me. This is us. We, we got to just do the best we can. This is his deal. If y'all want to know how I treat you, I tell the Lord, you're the boss at River Church. And I am the under person. <laughs> and I just, these are your people. I'm one of them. We're all your people. And uh, if you want something done, I'm ready, but it's you. I am not going to strain. I used to strain plenty. I can tell you I had 30 years of straining. But the last 10, I don't strain at anything anymore. Praise God. So uh, what this is, I wrote this down. Operations protocol from command center. Operations protocol from command center. That's what this Ephesians 3.20 is. That God just thinks, he just has one way of thinking, and it's abundance. It's overflow. It's superabundance. It's, it's exceeding. He only has one way of thinking. He, he never parcels out. He never saves back some in case we need this next week. He really believes there's plenty more where that came from. You go, well, you know, but what about this and what about that? Ah, oh, you've got a problem for every solution. But what if this and if it doesn't come in, what do you do? And everything? You've got a problem, a challenge for every solution, every end, every reward. And it's never going to work for you. It's a mindset. I've been working all my life getting poverty, lack, little, shortage, and need out of my life. I work on it all the time. All the time. A thought comes like, well, what are we going to do about that if that comes up? And I just stop my life when I see it. And I, I dominate it. I say, there is plenty more where that came from. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I go into abundantly, uh, all sufficiency in all things. I bound to every good work. I, I just start launching in my head to not let it slip one little bit over there. And it wasn't that I was raised in dearth, but certainly, certainly, we had plenty to eat, and I was raised with, with enough and everything. But it's not who I am in Christ. It's who I was in my house and as a son, but it's not who I am now. And all of you have it, or had it, if you've dealt with it. You're like, wow, well, we had plenty. It, you can have plenty and be totally impoverished in your thinking. Rich people are the most poverty-stricken of all many times because they're afraid someone's going to get their money or the stock market's going to crash or something, and they are just paralyzed at all times because they've depended completely upon that strata of living, and without it, they wouldn't know how to breathe. They wouldn't know how to eat. But if you're on daily bread, it's like the manna came every day, and it's like it came yesterday, it came the day before. It came last week. It came twice on uh, Saturday or whatever day before the, the Sabbath. And it'll always be that way. And, you know, remember when Johnny Bob, he thought he'd store up. He'd gather twice as much. Remember the worms that they threw out out of their tent? You know, it, it, we've, it's just been proven over and over. So the changing is not that God has to do something. It's that we have to do what he already said is done. And so he puts these superlatives in here, these, these extreme words. 
Extreme words, exceeding, abundantly, above. That, those are extreme words. The point is, the point is, he's trying to make a point, and the point is, I got this. All I need you to do is up there in the verse to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. So we could sit here and preach in church and talk about, well, this and well, that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's naughty. And raise your kids this way. And, and, and we, we should do all those things in a measure. But we got to change the mindset of the church or all, we'll all be perfected at this level down here when we're supposed to be riding up here. And I don't even know how that would play out for me or for you. But we can't know, we won't know until we say, I want to know. Isn't that it? And so that's the key. I put operations protocol from command center. That's what the Lord's got. He's like, I, I got this protocol. I got this administrations. This is the book. And so he throws a book on you and says, this is how we're going to operate this company, this business, this kingdom. That's how we're going to do it. And we're not going to deviate. And nobody's going to have a suggestion that we're going to entertain that says, I think we could improve on that process. And nope. He said, it's, we've already done that. It's good. This is kingdom procedure. So then that makes what the Lord Jesus said so good. Take no anxious thought. What shall I wear? That fits with this. Exceeding abundantly above. You certainly aren't worried if you're about your socks matching or something, you know. So here's how I... I'm looking at this just like I'm telling you this. I just got this this week and last week. I've just been working on this. And uh, we had to move from a, a thinking, which is the world, which is strategy. It's maneuvering. You, 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 so you got three kids and you got a job that makes $10,000 a month or, or whatever, and you, got, you live this far out. We're always maneuvering, strategizing how to make our day the most efficient and have a good outcome. Have a good outcome. Isn't that what we all do all day? And that's right, and that's good. We should. We should maneuver. Holy Ghost, how, where's the wreck up front on the way to work? And you go, I think today we're supposed to go up McFarlane. And then you hear about it, you know, they're, they're trashed out on the interstate. That's the kind of maneuvering we do. But in life, we're not supposed to be reasonable. See, we, we, set, we set a reasonable. My father set some parameters in me very subtly, very, you know, he was just a good dad. He just said, this is, this is how you need to act. This is how you need to run your life. You need to save some money. And you need to buy this and not buy that. And, you know, just good budgeting and all that sort of stuff. But that's not necessarily how it works in the kingdom of heaven. It's not reasonable. I would have never come to Alabama if I'd been reasonable. It's the craziest thing anybody ever heard of. And I'm kind of embarrassed about it now that I did it, even though I absolutely had the spirit of faith on me when I did it. But I, if right now to go back and say, let's do that again, no way. But you've all done things like that at some level. 
And that's how we're supposed to operate at every level. So we start out small, here a little, there a little. We, we, we work on this level and get a confidence that, yeah, daily bread, that works. We're not clutching. We're not holding on. You know, if, 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 we, don't have, if we don't hold on to this, we won't have lunch money next week for the kids. Well, that's reasonable and that's strategic. But, but then there's somebody, a homeless person, and the Lord says, you need a seed. Maybe, maybe that's not a good place to sow a seed, but wh- whatever, just I want you to give 10. And you go, that's lunch money or whatever. And it's not reasonable. It's not, it's not on the budget. It's not in the p- plan. But we're, we're in that operations protocol from command center where we go, man, I need a boost. I told someone the other day, he said, uh, he said, I had $2. And I went and got a coffee. He said, all, all I had was $2. Went and got a coffee and got some change. And then uh, he said he went to church, and uh, here's, how, here's how he thought. He told me this. It's somebody I know. He said, I thought since all I had was change, pocket change, that I didn't want to embarrass myself, but that's all I would put in. So I didn't put anything in. And, you know, you, you would see th- right through that, but I can tell you 98% of all other people would say, that's good. Probably shouldn't have got the coffee. <laughs> if all you had was two, probably should have just stayed home and had some warm water. <laughs> but my point here is, is not to make fun of that because I'm not, but it, that changed. Suppose it was 27 cents. That'd be probably right. There's a miracle in 27 cents. You go, well, that's not reasonable. That's nothing. It's not going to work. This is not going to whatever. This key won't open that door. Sure it will. I've been there where you sowed that and you got what you needed when you got to where you were going. I mean, it's just it's the testimony of this house because we've walked past that reasonable strategic living. And now we've got to take it up to another level. And I wouldn't even know how to tell you to do that. I'm not telling you any. I'm not going somewhere with this that I said, hey, we, I got an investment club and you can buy some gold bars for me. And <laughs> as long as the paint, the gold paint lasts, well, then, you know, it, it's a good deal. Yeah, I, there's nothing like that going on. I'm just trying to inspire all of us to say, I've been thinking about something already. This fits that because I believe that's what Holy Ghost has already been saying to all of us. I've already got something going that fits this but I didn't know what to do. Well, now we get the key. So uh, praise God. Uh, I did tell you, I wanted to tell y'all that I, I was wrong last Sunday when I talked about the horizon being 31 miles. It's 3.1 miles. So, so if you stand at, uh, f- uh, if you're six foot tall and your eyes are four, four inches uh, under the top of your head, and you looked out across the water, you could see 3.1 miles. But the point's not that. That doesn't matter. The point is, is that some people go to the horizon and stop. But the system, the protocol in the kingdom is the horizon. You never reach it. It's always moving. And that's the way the kingdom of God is. It's always out there. 
and there's increase to walk towards the horizon, towards the, the thing that doesn't have a form. It's just a line across the, uh, the earth, but you walk toward it and the Lord starts opening up a new horizon. It starts moving. How fast does it move? The very exact same rate that we move. If we move three miles an hour, the horizon's moving three miles an hour. And so he's got this thing that says, this thing will serve you all the days of your life. So if we look back at wealthy Christians, like someone like R.G. Letourneau, that had such a, a passion to serve God, and that's where it comes. It doesn't come from saying, I want to get rich. And you can have a motive that says, I want to fund the kingdom, but you got to be really entrenched in, I love Jesus. Otherwise, your motive is suspect. I, I want to fund the kingdom. Well, that's good, but we think you just want to, you want to trade in your car or something. It's always right in there. But first you fall in love with Jesus, and R.G. Letourneau did. And uh, he got, it was just an indicator. It's not, the, it's not the plan. It's not the strategy. But he got into his life where he was tithing 90% and living off the 10. Well, I told you that Buddy Harrison, Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law, he did that. He, he told us in a meeting in Hobbs, New Mexico, he says, listen, when you do that, you got to have quite a cash flow to live on 10%. You, you want to live on 100000 Well, you got to be cash flowing a million. <laughs> and he said, but you start out less than that. You don't, jump, you don't just jump to that and say, I'm going to live on that. So uh, right now in this room and, and online, we are already exceeding abundantly above what a lot of people could ask or think. You and I have acclimated it to it. We've, we're the frog in the kettle that, that it got hot, but we never noticed because we've just become prosperous. We all have money in the bank of some kind. I mean, you might not have what you want or what you think you need, but you, you got money somewhere to get to where you're going and we're, we're rich. The challenge to that is to say, like I said before, it's good enough. Never had this much before. Daddy sure did never have this much. And we got, we got, we got every need met. We're, 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 making, uh, we're paying the bills. We're paying the bills good enough. And if you're just into your own self and you don't want uh, the hassle of the world, that would be good. But that's not good enough for the kingdom. We're called to more. We are paymasters, according to Romans 12. And even if you don't like that term, we're supposed to have plenty. Uh, my thing, and I was talking about it to Lisa just now, is that, is that and d don't let me hurt your feelings, because I, I don't know your situation, so I can say this, but you ought to have cash in your purse every day. I run around with people, and it's like, uh, oh, I don't, they don't take a credit card or whatever, and they say, I don't have any cash. What do you mean you don't have any cash? You don't have any seed? You ought to have, you ought to have seed. Well, I, I spent it all or we didn't get any or I put it in savings. I talk to people all the time that's like, oh, we're barely making it. We're just living on this and everything. But we got college paid for for a little bit for, you know, for thousands and thousands of dollars. And we got a 401 Okay, yeah, we got a 401k and it's stacked up to here, but man, we, we, it's tough times. Me and mama, we're watching every penny. And when Social Security hits, well, we, we go out and have an ice cream. 
And you, you, I hope I don't hurt your feelings there, but it's the wrong perspective when you're thinking of exceeding abundantly above. You just can't have that. You can't to- that system can't tolerate we're pinching pennies and we're watching it and we're thinking about it. The people that think about money are not the rich. They're not thinking about money. It's the poor that think about money because the rich got plenty. And when you got your stuff paid off and you got, you don't think about money or you shouldn't anyway. So I, I'm going to quit with that, but I, I, I will, let's, let's start, let's start it for, we'll be back next Wednesday, but let's start it with this. How do you get into this? How do you get into exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think? How can you get into that all sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work? How how do you get into, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made wealthy, rich, abundant, supplied. How do you go there and deal with those scriptures? I've preached on prosperity all my ministry, and I've made lots of people mad because they just don't like that. And I may have been a little over the top back back in the day. I don't. I'm sure I was, but uh, but I was on the right track. I just just like you would be looking back at your parenting days and say, "Ooh, we did good, but then we could have done better there and there." Well, that's the way pastoring is. I. Yeah, it's just that way. So here's the key to starting this. Do you want it? Do you want it? Because nothing's going to work just saying, yeah, I'll take a double dab of that. I'll Give me two scoops of that. I want that. It's not enough. You, you have to say, my life is settled. Healing is settled. Uh, I'm at peace with men. Uh, I've dealt with sin in my life, got a handle on that. I know what to do when I mess up. And, 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 and me, and, me and Mama are happy. What do you do with your life? Well, we're going to coast to the end and travel a little bit. We're going to get us a camper and we're going to go travel or whatever, whatever people do. And that's nothing wrong with that. I, I want to requalify. But what do you want to do with your life? So it's the blessing of the Lord that got you there. What do you want to do with the rest of it? Well, we don't we want to take the blessing of the Lord and we want to run. And that's fine. It's it's no big deal. But there's a there's a rare sliver. There's a rare slice. Uh, 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the work. Twenty five percent of the people. Carry the load. One percent, one percent of all people fund the rest of them. If I I could give you statistics about America, how much the top 1% of Americans, how much they pay of this nation's taxes. It's, It's astounding. It's staggering. And so you have to say, do you want it? So these rich men, these, these, uh, $1,260 a second billionaires, these, uh, uh, $855,000 a minute billionaires. We're not, we're not even, they're not even in our league. We're not even looking to that and saying, I want me a piece of that. That it's, it's unreasonable to go there. You can't take that kind of jump. You can't, your thinking, my thinking cannot, we can't go there. But I could go to paint off my 
my family's house or my mama's house or, or, or something, something where you just say, I'm going to buy their car. Well, that's a lick. That's a lump. That's a whatever. But you could say, let's start there. But you got to want it. And you don't just start saving and clipping coupons and, and you know, getting the, getting the cheaper green beans. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where you have a mindset, a operations protocol from command center that makes you think different. And isn't that what Ephesians 3.20 said? He said all this and all that and all this according to how you ask or think. That's all he said. He didn't say if you work hard and if you invest and you sacrifice and you give up and you beg, borrow, steal. He said, just think right. See, I can do that because I'm already thinking one way or another. I'm already thinking. So how about if I just give this thing before the rapture, before he shunts us up uh, and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a shot. I'm going to fall in love with the protocol of God and make a testimony for the glory of Jesus. That's all this is. I got a lot more to talk about, but, but that's something for you to think about. For me to think, I'm thinking about it all the time now. I've been thinking about it for about two and a half years about how this works. Because let me just tell you, River Church, you're already in a good and comfortable routine. Everybody in here, no, nobody's trying to, we're, we're all in a good routine. Everything's fine. We may have a little thing come up here and a little thing flare up there that we have to go put the fire out. But everybody in here, nobody's living under the bridge. And nobody's dealing with a, a life-defying disease. We really might get bored. Every mistake I've made in my life is because I was bored. And I'll tell you, if you're going to make any mistakes, it'll be because you're bored. And you go, well, that's, that's wrong to be so blessed that you get bored. We, we were made for the challenge. Christians, we were made. Only be strong and of good courage. Well, why do you need that? Because it's scary out there where you're going. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got Johnny Jump Up out there. His name is Goliath. And, and uh, uh, yeah. And that's, that's the word that comes. Only be strong and of good courage. Neither be dismayed. Well, there's none of that going on in America right now, in, in this strata, in this strata. So maybe we ought to go find us a bear or a lion and see if we can slide into something else. Anyway, Lord, I love you. We love you. We thank you for encouraging us. Give us something to meditate on that your good, good word would illuminate in our hearts because we want to max out our calling in our lives. None of us here want to leave this place, this world, with business undone because we are afraid or lazy or ignorant. So we, we, we challenge ourselves. We challenge ourselves to be all you called us to be. You didn't call any of us in here to be missionaries that we know of. So we can sure do this. And we thank you for the grace to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hoo-hoo, amen.